This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Welcome to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman, and co-hosting today will be Reese Curtis and Mike Gregg. This is our post-match show of a 3-1 loss for Fulham against Totten Hotspur at Wembley Stadium on Saturday. We did our Cottage Talk full-time show actually from Wembley with Emilio and Joe, but today is our post-match show, which is a, a full show where we actually analyze completely the match, and the other show is our initial reaction. So we're going to spend more time talking about this. But before we do anything else, before we get into it, I have to welcome my co-host back to the show. First, Mr. Curtis, how are you doing? I'm high wrestling. Good, thanks. How are you? I am well. You looking forward to doing the show today? I am very happy to be back. I only did a couple last year and I'm two in two weeks, so it's all good. Now I'm happy to be back and doing the show. Love talking for them, so all good. Oh, it should be fun. Mr. Greg, how are you doing? No doom and gloom, right? <laughs> yeah, I got a bit of stick for that yesterday. Uh... <laughs> Saying people who watch it on the stream don't, you know, unfollow me if you're really going to be uh, have a go at the team. Um, yeah, you know, so yeah, no, I'm looking forward to talking about the game. There's a there's a lot of talking points there are from yesterday and from the first two games and and the way things are shaping up. But uh, no, I'm absolutely you know not in a doom and gloom camp at all. And uh, you know. Looking, looking forward to it. There's still loads of positives to talk about. There are, and uh, obviously we're going to look at both sides of the coin. There are negatives, and there are some good negatives that we have to talk about as well. But, Michael, just start with you. You were at Wembley, so just give me your overall view, your opening thoughts on, on the match, what you watched yesterday. Yeah, I mean, we all knew it was going to be a tough game, and uh, I have to admit, you know, <laughs> beforehand speaking to people you know it was a case of you know this be realistic if you can keep it down to three um if we're going to lose then um you know we might take that but really i think we it showed how good the top six teams are uh, Tottenham especially obviously um and the sort of you know level you have to be at if you're going to be in that group um 
but we showed as well, you know, partly through the goal with all those passes, but in other passages of play that, um, you know, we held our own. And uh, it was interesting watching the team have the ball a lot, uh, as opposed to, you know, last year being, you know, we were the ones who always had the ball. So that was a bit of a, a turnaround. But, um, but also, you know, Tottenham's pressing, uh, how, how good that was and uh, how fit they looked as well um yeah. you know it's, it's different you watch these you know you watch on tv i mean to be honest we've been relegated for four years i haven't watched an awful lot of premier league football but um yeah i mean tottenham it just showed you the levels you've got to attain it absolutely is but no it came away with thinking okay we've lost the first two games we've played one of the top one of the best teams in the country and also another settled side and, and we're still learning but you know coming away from yeah in some ways a little bit disappointed that when we got it the one one uh we just couldn't hold on that lot long you know that little bit longer and even you know we had chances to take the lead as well we so did. uh yeah disappointed not surprised but you know another step along the uh the you know learning curve that we're on really okay excellent mike and we'll be breaking down that second half because form did have a very good time of uh possession at one point they they were controlling the play and that was wonderful to see and then uh, we saw the quality of uh, Tottenham in three minutes scoring two goals that was the difference but good point by you to, to mention during that spell that we had a good amount of the play we w- were looking good and we had our opportunities like you said even to take the lead which would have been fantastic at Wembley all right Reese, just your opening thoughts on what you watched you watched it on a stream I watched it on on TV your thoughts yeah, so similar to um, Greg, really. Um, not all doom and gloom. There's a lot of positives to take from the match. I think we're coming up against one of the top sides in the Premier League, and it was as expected, really. I was really interested to see how Slav was going to set up. As we all know, he's quite stubborn. And before the game, I was thinking, Christ, if he sets get to go toe-to-toe and play football with them, then we're going to be picked off, and it'll be a case of, how many. Um, as you saw when we first started, it was very, we backed off and Trippier was getting all the space. It was re- I was really happy to see in the second half and enforce our game onto them a little bit. And what I was worried about Slav actually doing in the first half, yep. we actually did in the second half and it proved quite effective and we played quite well. Um, I was really happy to see Anguissa start. As much as McDonald's one of my favourite players, I'm really excited about Anguissa. And I think he had a pretty good game. Um, I was a bit disappointed to see Scherler being dropped due to I think he had a pretty good first half last week. But my understanding from that would be that maybe saving him for next weekend because his fitness levels aren't as good and next weekend game's much more winnable. Um, but I think there's a lot of positives to take from the game. I think there's going to come a point where we've got to stop taking positives and start taking points. But I don't think we're anywhere near that point just yet. Okay, very good there, my friend. I'm glad that you brought up Trippier because uh, he had so much room and uh, he was extremely dangerous, especially in the first half. And we'll be talking about that when we go through both halves. And that was, a, I think, a huge part of, of uh, the first half. And overall in the match was the, uh, the space of uh, Trippier. And uh, he was a difference. And we definitely want to talk about that, why that was. But let's uh, first... When we go through this, I like now talking about what the managers had to say. Let's start with 
Spurs manager Mauricio Pochettino. And here's from Football.London, a quote from him. And uh, the quote comes after a question. It was a tough game, but three goals and a switch in formation swung it for you. And these were the quotes from Pochettino. This is what he had to say, and I want to get your thoughts on it because I find them revealing. Quote, yes, we changed our formation, and you know we are so flexible in our vision about football. It was a little bit disappointed last game, and of course I told you that I want to give the opportunity to all the players who wanted to play. Today was a good opportunity to see different and use different organization, but still disappointed because, like, again, Newcastle, we conceded chances. Today, we conceded chances. We had a different setup and different players. That speaks very highly about the team and my decision. It's important now to improve, of course. I am so happy with the victory and so happy because the performance was good and we fully dominated the game and we deserved the victory. I want to give the full credit to the players, but, of course, we need to improve. We want to challenge the big teams. I think it's a situation that we need to improve, and we need to push to improve in different areas, be more clinical in front of a goal. Playing so well after 20 to 30 minutes, dominated the game and positional game. We created a lot of chances and had a lot of situations that we must or should be more aggressive and more clinical in front of goal. In these situations, in the last 15 minutes of the half, and then we cannot afford to start so sloppy in the second half. When you have three center back, two wing backs, and I think one more defensive holding midfielder in front to concede the chances we conceded, we needed to review everything and analyze and take the best decision. But it's good to start like this. I'm so happy. I'm a little bit disappointed, but I'm so happy with all the players. Look how they impacted and where. They were real impact. Then Bailey and, of course, Lamella, how they helped the team and increased the tempo how they provided better organization, and that is why I'm so happy. That is what we want from our players that are outside, being focused when the manager or team needs them to be available to do. Okay, and that's the end of the quote from Mauricio Pochettino. There's a lot there, but, Mike, I want to go to you because he talks about the change of formation. But I want to talk about, along with that, you have Lamella coming on, but I think the bigger difference was Moussa Dembele. We talked about this on the full-time show. That's one of the things that I got out of comments from Pochettino. He's basically talking about that. What, what are your thoughts about what he shared? And, and then also your thoughts on uh, Dembele's impact when he came on. Did that change the game? Uh, yeah, it did, um, I mean, it did, it did change the game. And uh, so there's a bit of kudos towards us, but... You know, a team as good as Tottenham really got them back to 1-1 and Pochettino made a change to try and win the game. So, and we did have a bit of momentum there and Dembele coming on and them changing to like a diamond, um, you know, swung it in their favour. And, and Jokanovic was trying to respond because he, he was bringing Johansson on, uh, I suspect, to uh, close Dembele down a bit more. But then, of course, they, they scored a goal while he was waiting to come on. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it showed that we, we asked questions of Tottenham. And, um, yes, they got the answers right yesterday. But that it, we go back to it again. It is another positive to take away that um, right. you know, we, show, we showed that we can compete. And, uh, you know, once all the new players settle in for us, um, you know, we will be able to uh, start getting some points and, and progressing up the league. But... Yeah, I mean, Tottenham, you, you showed they're well-drilled. You know, they, it's it's well-known they didn't buy anyone in the summer, sign anyone in the summer. 
they all know where players are. And um, as I said at the uh, top of the show, in person, they just look so fit. I don't think any of them had an ounce of fat on them at all. I mean, they're, they're, you know, the shirts are really tight. There's nothing hidden there. Um, but the, you know, their energy levels was, um, was, was exceptional. But, uh, but yeah, that change with Dembele came on. Um, and, uh, and the goal, yeah, that was it, really. Okay, very good. Reese, what are your thoughts about what Pochettino had to share after the match? Yeah, I think um, it was testament to how we were playing in the beginning of the second half for him to have to change it. It just goes to show their quality in depth that they can bring on players like Lamella and Dembele off the bench. And going to what Mike was talking about, their fitness. Obviously, Fulham in the past, we've when we come up against teams that press high, we have struggled in the past, or even in the championship against the likes of Brentford. When we come up against teams and Reading and teams who play a similar style, we do come unstuck a little bit. And I think that clearly showed in the second half against Spurs when they went up another gear. Their pressing was phenomenal. I mean, they're very well known to be a high-pressing team, but it was just a different level to anything we've come up in the last two years. And I think in the second half, basically, with the changes, it was what, right, we need to up a gear now. Fulham is starting to get a bit of a foot in the game. And they have that quality in depth. And it was a very good tactical cho- choice to make the switch. And it just took the game back off us. I think yes, in the preview show when you spoke to the Spurs fan, he was saying he hoped they didn't start with three at the back because he thought it was quite defensive for against sides against like Fulham. No disrespect to ourselves. Right. And I think he was right clearly in his observations because as soon as they switched to the back four and they flooded the midfield more, we just couldn't cope with them and their quality really showed. Absolutely. And uh, I'm glad that you mentioned that because the host of the uh, EPL roundtable, Kevin DeVries, that's what we were talking about. And uh, he ended up being right. We were actually messaging back and forth that our conversation kind of played out. And uh, I actually, I totally agree with him on, on uh, his assessment because we, we saw this. So very good by him for mentioning that. And also for you to talking about what you saw and uh, what Kevin actually mentioned. All right, right back to you, Reese. I'm now going to read a quote from Savisa, also from Football Doll London, after the match. And uh, this part of the quote is entitled, Tough One to Take. This is obviously asked to him, and here was his response. Here's a quote from Savisa. Quote, it's Premier League and everything is tough, and at the end it's strange for us because my team made a great effort and we push hard and we are competing well. We find problems which are normal through the game. Spurs compete well and press us strong. And we didn't find, especially in the first 45 minutes, to combat. And at the end, they scored the psychological goal in a complicated moment for us. And we started the second half well. This is probably our best moment in the game. We take over the possession. We start to move the ball and create chances and score the goal. We have the opportunity to score the second, too. At the end, they show the quality. And after the free kick, they score one goal. And immediately after this, score twice. And that's the quote from Savisa. And over to you, Risa. You know, again, I find it interesting. He talks about things that we're already talking about, but he's talking about the psychological issue that Fulham had with uh, the Lucas Mora goal late in the first half. You know, it's funny because Fulham came out strong in the second half, so maybe they overcame that. But I find it interesting that he mentioned that. And then, of course, we have our spell, but then their quality really came through. And I think that's where Savisa is going on. Now, your thoughts about what Savisa shared after the match? 
Yeah, I totally agree, Russ. I think the first goal was a bit of a sucker punch and to go in 1-0 down at half-time just a few minutes before. It showed some real good team ethic and team spirit from ourselves to come out the way we did. Um, but then to recover from, once again, from another goal down very quickly, 3-1, was going to be very difficult for against a side like Spurs. I think even from his comments last um, week and this week, he's been trying to be quite realistic um, and maybe um, tone down expectations a little bit. We are playing Tottenham. We're going to play one of the best teams in the league. We had some really good moments, but ultimately their quality um, shined through. Um, There are a lot of positives to take from the game. And I don't think he's too downbeat. Um, Last year, he used to be quite critical um, of players sometimes and, when he was quite unhappy, but I think this year you can see he's kind of take a different switch. He's a lot more realistic and he's praising the players quite a lot. And he's, yeah. he's not stupid. He knows it's going to be a very long, hard season and games like Tottenham, if we can have good styles like we did yesterday, if we put that into games, for example, like next week, I think we'll go on to do relatively well and comfortably just be safe, which is our main aim for the year. Okay, very good there, my friend. Mike, over to you. Thoughts on what Savisa had to share? I don't know if you've watched video of his press conference. You can talk about that if you've seen it as well. If not, no worries. But what are your thoughts about what he shared after the match? Yeah, I think he's, you know, he's being realistic and uh, pretty much sums up, you know, what we saw. We we did start the second half well and... um, you know, but he he has made comments leading up to the game and and also yesterday about you know he's still working with a new bunch of players and uh, it's going to take time. I thought you know the comment about them playing together for three years <laughs> and we've been playing together for three days. Yep. Yeah, there's an element of truth in that definitely. Um, but uh, you know, it, it's a learning curve for him uh, managing at this level, and uh, I'm sure he's you know finding out stuff about himself and the coaches as well as the players um you know i did see a comment yesterday you know or the day before you know have we signed too many players which i had to giggle at really because uh you know ukanovic has uh, always gone on about wanting more players and, <laughs> and more options and that's exactly what he's got you know bar a couple exactly. of but um you know it's uh the difference the difference between this and the and the championship, well, there's lots of differences, but one of them is you do you while you've got less games, you have more time to work on things. So it's not relentless. It's not Saturday then Tuesday, Saturday Tuesday. He's now got all week again, um, and uh, you know the way we play as a team, it, we will only get better as players learn. You know uh, what's the best foot to pass into? Right. Where's he, that guy usually going to be? So, yeah, there's no panic required in his voice. You know, he's always very sort of uh, <laughs> typical sort of almost dourself, you know. But, uh, but yeah, no, there's no, there was nothing there to take out of it that, you know, was controversial at all or anything like that. He's being quite honest. And uh, go back to it, Spurs are a bloody good side. Absolutely. And, Mike, what's interesting, and I'm glad that you talked about the difference between Spurs and Fulham with the experience. You talked about Savisa mentioning three years playing together. Well, that's a huge deal. I mean, they know each other's moves. Fulham aren't in sync yet. And that's, believe it or not, Mike, that's what's so encouraging for me. And you've already talked about it. Once these players know each other better, they're not going to get to the level of Spurs 
obviously talent wise, but they're also don't have that experience of playing as long as they have. But if this is the starting point, the last two matches, you have to be encouraged that they're only going to get better because they're going to gel together. Well, yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, there's, there's, there's a counter argument that we have made too many changes and, and there's yes. been a few comments online today about that. Um, but I think you've only got to look at the level of uh, Jean-Michel Siri and and, uh, and Frank and Maddie Stavey yesterday. You can see straight away that these guys are just, um, as much as I love Johansson, McDonald and, you know, other players from from last year's promotion squad who still have a lot to offer, you can just see that there, there is that just step up in level. And, um, you know, while the team, if we'd kept the team together, would have still played the same way, would they have had the quality to get those extra, um, you know, those extra points against the, the, the better sides in the Premier League? Uh, you know, we never know now because we've made so many changes, but I've no doubt the players who have come in are... are of really good Premier League quality. And uh, it's just going to take time, that's all. Okay, very good. Mike, real quick, because we have a lot to get through. Thoughts on the starting 11? Yeah, I was a little bit... I, I was surprised um, that McDonald was dropped. And uh, um, and also Christie. But, I mean, it made sense once the game got going and I sort of understood what he was doing. I think the biggest surprise for everyone was that Sess uh, was on the right and Kamara yep. on the left once we kicked off. Um, but it was a good chance to see uh, uh, Menza um, and Marshand and Chambers again. So, uh, yeah, I mean, but I was surprised. Uh, you know, I'm going to call him Frank if, when I do these shows. <laughs> um, but uh, I was surprised to see him play. But, uh, you know, on performance, I wasn't in the end. Uh, he's he's uh, going to be uh, a part of that team for the, for the rest of the season. I can see that straight away. Okay, excellent. All right, guys, let's go through key moments in the first half. We're definitely going to talk about Trippy. I'm actually going to read a little bit from Ryan O'Donovan's article from Football.London in just a bit after we go through some of the key moments because I think this is a huge talking point that we need to go back to. But I want to start with talking about some of the moments of the first half. And, Mike, I'm going to start with you. I'll go to you first because we have to talk about how well Spurs came out. They had two excellent opportunities to score. I don't know how Moore doesn't score in the sixth minute on, on a header. It, it, they should have been up 1-0. And that's followed up one minute later. A mistake from uh, Calum Chambers leads to Moore once again having an opportunity, thankfully, saved by Fabri. So let's talk about these opening stages, these two opportunities from Spurs. Your thoughts about what was going on very early on in the match? Yeah, it was... Um... Well, like I say, the first thing I noticed and I tweeted was, you know, Sess on the right, Kamal on the left. Yep. But it, straight out of the gates, you could see that, um, you know, Spurs were right on top of us. Um, we hardly had the ball, I think, in the first 10, 15 minutes. And, yeah, the ball was going wide to Trippier all the time. And, yep. you know, Martian was stopping the ball. Um, I do have a theory on the uh, on the Kamara not coming down and, and getting close to Trippier type uh, situations, which if you want to, I can go into now or later. But, yeah, let's um, wait until enough to yeah, we go through the key moments, Mike. Sure, yeah. So it was definitely backs against the wall. And um, again, I tweeted something about, you know, I've, now I know how every championship side felt last year playing us because we just <laughs> couldn't get the ball. Um, but we survived that little, you know, that little bit. I mean, admittedly, every time they attacked, it, it, 
you know, you're sort of, oh, God, you know, we're, in, we're in a bit of trouble here. Um, but it was a rear guard action. And, um, yeah, we, I thought we did fine the first 20, 25 minutes of the yep. game. And, and, and as, it, as the half went on, we got, we got a lot better and, and showed that we could compete. Um, you know, and Siri and, and Frank and Kearney in the midfield were doing okay. We just weren't getting enough into their half, you know, just build-up-wise in that first, first half hour. Mike, what I noticed, again, I'm watching it, you're there, was the pressing from Tottenham Hotspur where, we, again, we looked nervous. This goes back to, like I said, when we were in the championship, and uh, they had a hard time moving the ball around. I'm sure you noticed this as well. Very early on, they're trying to play the ball off from the back, and they had nowhere to go because there were Spurs players everywhere. Well, that is true. Yeah, I mean, they're hunting packs, and, you know, I mean, that is the uh, – Pochettino way and it's the you know Man City way as well and um, but to be fair I thought you know once we first 10 minutes we, there were a couple of goal kicks wasn't there and we oh god it doesn't look like we can get the ball out at all here <laughs> but then um, I thought Fabry you know he found Siri a few times Kenny a few times and so we were bypassing the, the back four and going straight to midfield and and that's the way to do it if you're being yes. pressed but uh, yeah the pressing Spurs did was um, you know was top notch absolutely it was. All right, Reese, over to you. I'm just going to read a couple more key moments, and uh, you can share your thoughts on them. We, we have to talk about the claim for a penalty in the 24th minute. Let me just say, I don't think it was, but I want your thoughts on this. So they were talking about it on the broadcast that uh, I believe at least one of the announcers thought it was. I looked at it a few times. I still don't see it. It looked like this is more to do with Harry Kane going down, but you can share your thoughts on that. And uh, that was midway through the uh, first half, and then uh, a good moment from Fulham in the 28th minute, you have the shot by Kearney. And then um, a little bit later on, the 35th minute, you have uh, a free kick from Christian Eriksen. Again, this shows the quality that Fulham are going up against compared to the championship. This is a very good opportunity from Christian Eriksen. And uh, nice save by Fabrique. And then uh, in the 38th minute, you actually have a, another potential opportunity from Fulham with Ryan Sessegnon, but Hugo Lloris comes out and blocks that opportunity. And then, unfortunately, you have the goal in the 43rd minute from Lucas Mora that gives uh, Spurs the lead 1-0. And uh, so I gave you a lot there. So feel free to talk about whichever parts of these key moments I gave you. But I, I definitely want your thoughts on the shout for a penalty. Do you think it was? I think on the penalty, it's going to be a 50-50, one of those where if you're the opposing fan, you think it's a penalty. And if you're the opposition, you think it's not. I think you've seen them given, but I don't think it was a stonewall penalty. If it had got given against us, it would have been soft. But I think there was grounds to give it. But um, I think the referee from where he was, I don't think many refs would give it. Um, I think the interesting thing about the Kearney shot was for all Tottenham's dominance in the first half, and they were very dominant possession-wise, yes. I think it was actually the first time where one of the keepers really got tested. That's so right. Obviously, we were under a lot of pressure and Trickier was swinging balls in left, right and centre and the Marchand was fantastic in dealing with them. But that Kearney shot, whilst Lloris is going to save that nine times out of ten, um, it was actually the first time that one of the keepers was properly tested. So I think whilst we keep focusing on how dominant Spurs were, we actually were keeping them out and dealing with the pressure quite well. Great point. Um, going on to Sesson Young's chance, it's it just really disappointing, really. I think it, I think for him it was a poor touch. Um, 
I think if it was the other way around and he was taking that on his, on his left foot and going in from the left, I think it'd be a different story. His finishing on his left foot where he's going across goal is fantastic. And I think he's just found himself in an unusual position where he's not really used to it. It was a fantastic ball from midfield. And it's just a poor touch and a bit disappointing, but the defenders got back quite quickly. Um, but yeah, for all Tottenham's dominance, and the free kick by Ericsson was quite a good free kick, but Fabry comfortably saved it. And just like I said, for all their dominance, they didn't really test Fabry massive amounts in the first half. They had a lot of the ball and they were swinging in a lot of crosses and we were pinned back for most of the half. I think at one point we were almost playing like a back six. Um, I'll be interested to hear Mike's theory on Kamara because for the life of me, I could not understand what the lad was doing when Trippier was hugging the touchline. We'll talk about that in just a bit. Entire half, and he was just tucking in. It was absolutely bizarre and I couldn't understand it. So I'll be interested okay. on that theory. But overall, yeah, I think um, for like I for their dominance, they didn't actually have much end product bar the goal from um, Lucas. And listen, the goal, and this just shows the difference between, I guess you could say the two divisions within a division because the top six are their own. And this is high quality. I, I was thinking about this. This is not anything that we would see in the championship for the four years. This is just a different level. I'm, I'm assuming you would agree with me on, on that, uh, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Goals like that, unfortunately, you just can't stop it. The ball was bouncing around. Seri was a bit slow at getting out, but I wouldn't put any blame on him. And it's just that different quality on his weak foot, bang. And that's what you get in the Premier League against the top six sides, that that extra bit of quality that you wouldn't have found ever in the championship, very rarely. Okay, excellent there, my friend. All right, Mike, it's time to go to you because we have to talk about Trippia. Actually, before we do that, I want to get your thoughts. You are at Wembley. What was your reaction to the uh, shell for a penalty? Did you get a good view of this? Uh, not great, but uh, I, think, I tend to agree. It wasn't, um, you know, you might have seen the penalty given, you might not have done it. Was, there was no real reaction in in the stadium, to be honest. And, uh, yeah, if it had been given against you, you'd be upset. Um but no, it, was a, it wasn't an incident that uh, warranted too much um, you know, discussion, really. It was uh, not like last week's, that's for sure. Okay, excellent. All right, the trippy situation. And uh, I'm going to read a, a passage from Ryan O'Donovan's article on London. It is entitled, Time to Jail, Tactical Errors, and a Positive Spell. Full talking points from Defeat the Spurs. Now I'm going to read from the part that he calls former Ford Trippia too much space out wide. And this is what Ryan had to share, guys. This was perhaps the most glaring, obvious thing the 40,000-odd people inside Wembley Stadium would have seen yesterday. Fulham were trying to defend against Spurs, would use Ryan Sessegnon and Abubakar Kamara to shift into a back six with the two wingers playing outside the fullbacks. The tactic worked on the right side with Sessegnon shifting inside Timothy Fosu-Menza to cut out any space down that flank. But on the other side was a different story. Kamara was often caught too far forward and, as a result, allowed Trippier all the space in the world to hurt Fulham again and again. I'm not sure whether Slavisa Jokanovic didn't want Kamara to track back as much as Session was or whether he was just unable to carry out the defensive side of the game, but it was the biggest problem for Fulham throughout the game. 
The first goal came down the right with Trippier having way too much space to put in a cross while Jean-Michael Sarri lost his man as he ran into the box. It was a catalog of tactical errors, and it led to Fulham going a goal down. All right, Mike, I'm going to go to you. You have obviously a theory on this. What are your thoughts about what Ryan had to say about the Trippier situation, and what is your theory on the Trippier situation? <laughs> well, I mean, I think he has a, um, he's right about session on, but session on, I don't care what people say, you know, is a left back, has played left back. He's playing wide for us now, but um, so he's more defensively minded, and, um, you know, and they snubbed out Davis for sure in that half. Yes, Trippier got the ball a lot. You know, it must have been half a dozen times in the first 20 minutes. And you could see that Kamara wasn't coming over. Now, I've seen lots of people say he was lazy or he's not defensive. And, you know, but we have seen in the past that Kamara will get back. He will get involved. He did that last week against Saha. So my theory is, and I think it's partly why Shirley was dropped as well, is that Kamara, you know, played well in the uh, playoff final at Wembley. Um, we saw what he could do, you know, with his runs. And I think partly we gambled a little bit on leaving Kamara in that sort of quarter, that third of the pitch, just inside our own half. You know, Trippier would get down to the right, maybe sort of level with the 18-yard line, and Kamara would told to hang inside so that when the ball would come out, let's say the marsh end would stop the ball or you know, Chambers are saying, Kamara's in that area where if we could get the ball to him, then there is only uh, Adelwood, you know, between him and uh, and Loris. So, you know, it'd be a case of get the ball to him and with his pace, hopefully with Trippier still up the pitch, he could run, on, run with it or run into space. And we saw it a, a couple of times, uh, especially as the half progressed. But I think that was, that was, that was the reason. He was playing because of his pace the size of the pitch, uh, or the, you know, the way it looks at Wembley, is it looks as if you've got a bigger pitch, and um, you know, to run onto, to to play the extra man. Last week, Mitrovic was very isolated at times, and I think it was a case of let's try and get someone, you know, into those run into those channels. And Kamara is the, probably the best player we've got for that kind of uh, kind of role within the squad. So that so he gambled, I think, on letting Trippier get the right. Because let's be honest, Slava, he, he was always talking about instructions to his goalkeepers and everyone else. Does anyone really think 20 minutes into the game, if Kamara's not going over to try and stop Trippier, that Jukanovic uh, would not have read the right act to him, you know, made a change, swapped him with Seth, substituted him or something? Because it was glaringly obvious that's, you know, Trippier was a danger player. Right. But I think that was the gamble. That, that you know... I might be completely Mike, wrong. Gamble, by the way. That's, the, that's the style of play. Yeah, and I think they were just trying to counteract it. But, you know, to then, I mean, I was getting frustrated. I was shouting, you know, get him, get Martin. It was Martin, over and over, Martin. Mike. It kept happening. But for it to keep happening, I, I truly believe it was an instruction. And, okay. um, and, and yeah, because he never changed it second half either. No. You know, we kept the same way when we played. Um, and we, and we, you know, we played better in the second half. But, uh, yeah, so it's just a theory. Might be okay. completely wrong. He might be a lazy sod. <laughs> All right. Just a quick one, Russ, if I could. Go ahead, Reese. I was just about to go back to you um, because I know that you were curious about this. 
Yeah, I mean, just something about the playoff final. I remember when we went down to 10 men, um, if you remember when um, Villa were putting on a lot of pressure, it was actually coming down Kamara's side also when they were going down the left. And even in the playoff final, he was struggling really hard to track their left back and they were getting in a lot of crosses. I do agree with Mike, though. Um, it had to have been instructed because there's no way could a player be that naive to leave that much space consistently. I mean, once or twice you could be forgiven, but after 10th time or whatever, and with the goal, there's, it, it had to have been instructed. And when we were going to talk about the managers, um, rating the manager, it's going to be something I mentioned that okay. I think Slav got it really wrong in terms of how we set up with Sessignon and um, Kamara. Okay, very good. Very interesting. That's why I wanted to talk about it, guys. And I'm glad that Ryan wrote about it and that gave us more uh, thought on this that we could really get into it. Very interesting theory by Mr. Greg. It's just it's something that was just bothering me throughout the match. Obviously, it was bothering Ryan O'Donnell from uh, Football.London as he wrote about it. And we're talking about it. It's something that's the head scratcher. But Mr. Greg might be on to something. Very interesting. All right, guys, let's now switch to the second half. And uh, let's start with a good spell for Fulham. They actually came out very strong and uh, looked like, I wouldn't say a different team, but were more on the front foot. And this was a, a good spell for Fulham. And, Mike, I'm going to start with you because we have to start with just how the second half started. Fulham were definitely more aggressive and actually started to create an opportunity or two. And that starts off real early on with Mitro hitting the post in the 48th minute. And what's interesting while watching him shoot, it's like it doesn't take much for him to just to get a shot off. It, it does not look like he can get it off. He gets it off. It hits the post. This is followed up actually one minute later. There was an opportunity from Spurs from Alley that was saved by Fabry. And then we have to go right to the goal in the 52nd minute. And, Mike, I want your thoughts on the goal because this, to me, gives me hope for the future. I look at the goal and I'm saying if we can do this, throughout the season, we're going to be fine because this shows the potential quality Fulham have as the season progresses. If, if they can do something like this more often, we're, we're going to have some good times. And I think the goal really epitomizes why I'm positive moving forward. So let's talk about the good spell for Fulham. And I definitely want your thoughts on the goal in the 52nd minute, which was from Mitro, but it was actually set up from Brian and Cessino. Yeah, I mean, well, we did. We, we came out and we were the better side of probably the first 15 minutes, you know, maybe. And, um, yeah, I mean, we, you know, we, we, hit the, we hit the bar and, uh, you know, a couple of other half chances. And and then the goal, I mean, you know, you watch the, the, the tweet going around which shows all 27 passes, all yep. 11 players touch the ball. Um, I think there was a, a goal last year, which was very similar. We had, you know, I think it was thirty odd passes. I might be, I might be wrong, but everyone touched the ball. But that did show, you know, it, we're playing Tottenham, and uh, we kept the ball. A lot of these players are new; they don't know themselves. You know, the guy next to him, and he only came this week. But you know, we stroked it around and kept our composure. Went back to the keeper, started again, and. Um, you know, patience, patience, and, uh, you know, led to, uh, it, you know, a good cross in, good reaction by Sess, and then, and then a good finish by, by Mitrovic. And then, uh, you know, a few minutes later, he has another chance, which Kamara was involved in as well. Yes, so, he did. Uh, I you know, didn't lots, mention it yet. Yeah, but, but, you know, there was, so there was that good 15, 20 minutes 
15 minutes maybe where we we were on top and uh, we could have been 2-1 up and you know who knows then and uh but yeah i mean deserved deserved goal and um it, it's those kind of moments that, that you know that 15 minutes that 27 part of the goal and and the hitting the post and the second chance as well for, for Mitrovic. These are all things that uh, we can take from the game and right. say, you know, when we play other teams who aren't in that top six, um, you know, we should we should have enough in the locker to, uh, you know, to be safe this year and, and do well. But um, it's, uh, yeah, it was really, really good. And, uh, you know, Tottenham fans, I was sat at the end of a row Tottenham fans on the other side of the, uh, you know, the barrier to where I was, and um, you know they were worried. They, they were surprised <laughs> that we were playing so well. That's what Millian said, by the way. He said the same thing that they were getting nervous. Yeah, yeah, there was that twenty, you know, like I say, fifteen, twenty minutes where we were playing well, and he, and then po- and Pochettino makes the change by bringing on Dembele on about on the hour mark. So yep. uh, that changed you know, it again. Uh, exactly. Okay, very good. Reese, over to you. I just want your thoughts. Uh, you know, am I making too much out of this goal as I'm trying to look forward that this is uh, an indicator of what we could potentially be if we can play like that against, as Mike says, not the top six. This could be an indicator of what we can be against the rest of the league. No, absolutely not, Russ. I think um, when we all came up, we was all wondering how our style of football would fare in the Premier League when it come up against much better quality opposition. And we showed them that. 15, 20 minutes, that actually our style of football and the quality of players we've brought in and that we've got, we are going to be be able to play that style of football. I think against Spurs to have a 15, 20 minute period where we literally took over the game, we were dominating them is a massive positive. I think against the lesser teams, the teams where we think we're going to be much more competitive and hopefully win and pick up the points, I think that 20 minutes will go to 50, 60 minutes against some other teams. So I think you're absolutely exactly. not um, focusing on it too much. I think if that was Manchester City or even Tottenham who scored that goal, I think it would have. I think the highlighted 27 passes would have been on match of the day where they do all their focus on it and all the lines because it was us. They wouldn't have been focused on as much. I think 27 passes are a lot of passes against a team such as Spurs who press as high as they do, who are in your faces. But as Mike said, once Dembélé came on. Um, and Spurs changed the system. That dominance yeah. got taken away from us, and that's their quality and depth that we unfortunately don't have. Yeah, we, we just don't have that. And, uh, again, very good move by Pochettino. Changes the system, brings on Dembele, and everything changes. Okay, Mike, to you. I'm going to let you talk about the later stages in this match. We've already talked about Musa Dembele coming on and the tactical change and everything changed from that point on. But I want to get your thoughts about the two goals in three minutes' time, you have the goal by Trippier in the 74th minute, and then the goal by Kane in the 77th minute that puts the match away. And for me, these two goals just show the difference between Fulham and a team in the top six. And honestly, Spurs could be top two or top three. What are your thoughts about these two goals here, Mike? Yeah, it's um, yeah. I mean, it's all from the uh, sub and bringing on uh, Dembele and the changing of the tactics and you know eventually it led to the free kick and you know I, I don't want to have a go at Fabri there's enough people out there doing that but I did think he was slightly too far to the left but you know this is the quality of the Premier League you know you've got Trippier, England, National World Cup semi-final you know 
he it's not like the championship where people have a free kick and it's going it's going to end up in row x you know this is more times than not it's going to find a target and um you know it was uh even if fabry or bettinelli or whoever was in goal when you look at the replay of that from behind you see it was almost inch perfect any goalkeeper saving that would have been world class but uh, yeah it was um it was disappointing especially as we played so well since half time and 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 got back into it and um and the trouble was as well as i mentioned earlier we were trying to get johansson on for a few minutes and uh you know he was he was due to come on they get the free kick so you know they had to wait and um but i think he was being brought on to you know do a job uh literally probably on dembele and um and then they go and score, you know, Kane. And you look at it, it's a poor goal, really. There's lots of space on his, yeah. on that side. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it, was, it was poor defending as a unit and, and individually, I felt. But, um, yeah, and that killed the game, really. There, you know, you yeah. could see us maybe getting one more goal. If, we'd, if it stayed at 2-1, we might have been able to get something. But 3-1, uh, heads down and resigned to losing. And, and to be honest, it was a case then of, well, let's just not let it go to a four or five one game because there's no way it it should be yeah that was my thought yeah so there's a criticism a little bit maybe that uh, substitutions were made a bit quicker once Dembele came on um and then he made a couple at the end which in some ways were a little bit pointless but uh yeah, it was uh, it was damage limitation for the last part of the game, really, and just um, and let's get out of there just with a, a three-one loss, really. It's funny, Mike, because uh, Emilio said the same thing on Cottage Talk full time. The heads dropped, so obviously you noticed that as well. And uh, is that a concern for you? Because I we haven't really said that much about Fulham in, in a while. Your heads dropping. Is this just a matter of uh, these new players and and everyone coming together and and learning the Premier League? Your thoughts on the heads dropping? Well, it's a bit, it's for both, really. It's for fans, firstly. You know, there was a bit of resignation. Oh, yeah, we are going to lose it. For a lot of that team, you know, they weren't here last year. So they right. weren't on that massive one we had. And, you know, we lost last week. We've lost, you know, lost yesterday. No, I think it was a situation where you're playing one of the best teams in the league. You raise your game. You're, you're matching them from, you know, a lot of that second half. And then two goals in a couple of minutes, and it, it really is, you know, that just takes the stuffing out of you. And um, yeah, it was heads down, but it was, but they showed character then, really, in some ways, to, to, to just sort of maintain it, still do a couple of little nice moves. But um, yeah, you just resigned. A free one, you couldn't see us getting two goals. So uh, I'm not concerned about it. Obviously, you know, if we, if a run starts where it becomes four games and five then six you know questions will be asked you know a lot earlier than that but um yeah not at the moment i'm not concerned come back in a month though if we've lost another four games <laughs> i hear you mike very good i i was just curious your thoughts on it because Neil said the same thing and it's like is this a concern i hear what you're saying right not right now and again these are all the majority of them are new players that are not used to playing with form and obviously no one's used to it at this point the premier league and let's see how things go and see if uh, that happens again all right guys to end the show we're going to do two things we are going to go through the poll from friends of form 
man of the match. We're just going to talk about that briefly, and then we'll end talking about Slavisa. So let's uh, just spend five minutes on each, and we'll finish up the show. Let's start off with a poll from our friends at Friends of Fulham. It had 163 votes, and I'll just read the results and just get your thoughts, and I have some comments on it as well. And uh, the winner was Le Marchand with 86 votes, 52.8%. This was actually followed by Mitro with uh, 27 votes at 16.6%. And after that was Nguisa with 23 votes and 14.1%. And I'll just read a few of the comments on Friends of Foam. This is what the fans had to say on the message board, Friends of Foam. Well, I think everyone must think the same considering the response. I, for one, went through the list and honestly could not pick out one standout above player. Joel Slover says, Agree. Lads did well today. Hard to pick one player as no one really stood out. Let's see what Fulham Ben had to say. He says, Maxine Lamarchand for me looks a great acquisition. And I'll just read one more. Misfit Kid says, Maxine Lamarchand. All right, Mike, to you first. Maxine Lamarchand won the poll. Both of uh, my co-hosts on the full-time show said, Mitro, so this is going against the poll. And I see many people say Lamarchand. Do you agree with the poll? Uh, yeah, I do. And I mean, he was, uh, you know, whether it was the crosses weren't good enough, but he, he always seemed to be kicking the ball out from a clearance or getting in the way. And, you know, he's um, he's been a bit of a you know surprise, really. We all saw him as a make way in the in the transfer with Siri, you know, uh, I'll buy buy him, get him for a, a little bit less. Um, but actually, he's done really well and he's he's, he's overshadowed Chambers. Um, yes. And uh so at the moment, when you people start talking about, you know, you've got Ream and then you've got, uh, you know, another centre-back as well uh, coming back and, you know, what changes would you make? And you have to say at the moment, uh, you know, Chambers would be the one to probably make way. But, uh, yeah, no, Martian for me. I I know some people mentioned Mitrovic. I mean, he, he did okay. Um, I thought, you know, that's, that chance at 1-1, with his left foot, maybe he could have done it. better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but really, you know, I thought Siri played well as well, actually, okay. you know, some of his stuff. A, a guy we haven't mentioned is Mensa, who, you know, the, yes. who, played, yes. who, played, who played it right back. And again, a little bit of a theory, you know, Christie's going to give you that attacking um, down the right, whereas I thought Mensa played very much within himself, hardly went over the halfway line. You can see him being played when we're going to be a bit more defensive. You know, he's a, he looks a, a solid, no fancy tricks to anything like that. Um, I know he can play centre back as well, um, but yeah, he did he did okay. But marshaled easily, you know, instead of pole, what is it, fifty odd percent? Yeah, yep. I'd have to go with that. Okay, excellent. Over to you, Reese. Do you agree with the poll, or do you have someone else in mind? Yeah, I disagree with the first two comments you read out. I think. The stand-up player was Lamarche on by an absolute mile. I think okay. I saw a stat on um, Twitter where he's made the most clearances out of the last two games. I think yesterday when Trippier was getting all that joy down the right, as we've spoken about, it just seemed to hit Lamarche on every time. And I don't think that's coincidence. That's positioning and that's him getting in the right places. He also made a lot of blocks. Um, some of them were easy blocks, but he just seems to be in the right place at all the right times. And similar to what Mike, said really um when he joined i think most people would have had him down as fourth choice centre-back with everyone fit and i actually think he's 
played himself into the team now where he'll be picked over most people and it'll be interesting to see once Tim Ream and Mawson are fit and he keeps up this form whether which one is going to go in alongside him. I think it'll be very harsh to drop um, drop him. I think other than him, everyone else had decent games, but there was no standout players. Mitro did a, he did what he does well. He held the ball up. He didn't have much support, so he won the ball quite a lot and just found to Tottenham, but that's because we were pegged back for most of the game. But I'm really impressed with Limachand. I thought he was just going to be a utility player and for the room price of £4 million, it's turning out to be an absolute bargain on early early thoughts on him. Uh, listen, it couldn't have been a great deal. I, I've been talking about on Cardstock not to sleep on Le Marchand. People are forgetting about him, and uh, he could end up being a starting center back, so we'll have to see. All right, we only have a few minutes to go. Let's talk about rating Savisa. I'll go right back to you, Reese. You can have the honors to talk about Savisa first, and then I'll end with Mike. Um, I think he, I don't want to give him too much criticism because we were playing Spurs and the result was expected. I think um, the tactical tactical on Sessignon being on the right and Kamara on the left, that didn't really play out well, especially with the amount of freedom Trippier had. I think if Sessignon was on that side, that would have been far less effective. Um, yeah, and I just, it's, his substitutions, it's always been quite, everyone's been quite critical in the past of him and his substitutions. I think sometimes he's quite slow at making changes and tactical changes. As we all know, he's very stubborn. And I think things could have been changed a lot quicker than they were, especially with um, Sessignon and Kamara. But it's hard to be too critical. We're playing Spurs. It was 3-1, and it was as expected. So if it was a number, I'd give him a a 6 out of 10. A 5 if I was being a little bit more hard. (laughs) Okay. Mike, I'm going to give you the final word. Rating for Savisa for this match. Yeah, I, don't, I have to agree. I, you know, I think, um, although I, I have that theory about Kamara, I think it was a mistake. And, uh, you know, he should, whether it was Kamara, whether it should have been Schuller, someone should have been going out to Trippier from the, the start of the game. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he, his substitutions, he, he should have responded quicker to the Dembele one. Um, I, I'm still going to give him, I, I, I still give him six, but... Um, yeah, the the main one was he should have he should have looked at uh, getting someone on Trippier earlier. Um, whether that was going to three centre backs and pushing uh, Brian out wide uh, wider, maybe that's something he should have done as well. So, and and having McDonald playing, maybe that would have uh, been a, been easier to do. But um, but yeah, that, he did okay, but uh, a learning curve for him just as it is for the players. Absolutely. Guys, fantastic show. This was great to talk about this match. I, I like doing now the post-match show the next day because we can really think about things and, and really analyze a little bit better instead of initially afterwards. That's why we have this initial reaction show, which is just about 15 minutes long. Mr. Greg, thank you so much for doing this tonight. I really appreciate it. Yeah, cheers, Russ. Uh... Yeah, yeah, really enjoyed it. It was it's good. It's it's good to be talking about Premier League again. And I know we're all disappointed. I know we're disappointed with uh, the first two results, but um, there's plenty more to come from this team because there are some quality players in there Absolutely. that we brought in. And that's the way I'm looking at it, Mike. That's why it's always great to have you on because you're very sensible in the way you look at form. 
Mr. Curtis, thank you for joining me tonight. Thank, thank you for joining both of us, I should say. No problem, Russ. Thanks for having me on again, and hopefully look forward to doing a few more shows, especially maybe some of the away ones like we spoke Absolutely. about. Um, and it was nice to finally do a show with you, Mike, and thanks for having me on once again. Okay. Well, great show, guys, but it is time to wrap this up. For Mr. Mike Gregg and Reese Curtis, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute, and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.